Welcome to the One Size Does Not Fit All podcast. I'm Kat Vitu, the founder of the World Life Tribe, and I co-host this show with the lovely Liberty. And together we meet the most inspiring people that are here to give you tools to live a life where you will thrive. Bon Raw makes it easy for you to sweeten naturally with minimum effort and zero compromise with their delicious range of raw and unrefined organic sugars. Bon Raw is better for you and the planet. Find Bon Raw's silver birch, panela, and coconut blossom at Waitrose. Hi, welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All. I'm here, Liberty, and of course, I'm joined by my wonderful leader, Miss Kat. Your leader, <laughs> praise down. <laughs> all hail, Kat. <laughs> How are you? I haven't spoken to you for a while. I know. Uh, um, same, just a bit hotter, and I don't mean sexier. You actually do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Your hair looks nice. Oh, thanks. I finally have my hair cut, and I've had quite a lot of bl- blonde put into it, so I'm really actually quite worried now it's sunny. I'm just going to end up looking so frazzled and dry. But, um, yeah, it was just nice to get a haircut finally, and... Bit of high, bit of highlights. <laughs> How are you? Uh, as you can tell, I haven't had my hair done, um, and it <laughs> needs to be. But I'm very lazy with this kind of self maintenance at the moment. I need to get back on it. I think it's the lockdown that's just affected my lack of looking after my hair. <laughs> I'm gonna get back on it. It's the, and the reason it looks a bit like this is actually because I'm I was swimming this morning at six o'clock before um, before all everybody woke up. Uh, met my friend down at the pond and we're, we're doing a couple of like morning swim in, in the week. It's actually really good. So I was up at half past five and went and did a swim for 45 minutes. And I actually feel all right now, but I do know I'm going to fall on my face later. Oh, I outdoor swimming. Um, I don't know if since you've started doing it or if it's just that I'm switched onto it, but I've started to see it everywhere since uh, you, since you, I saw a, uh, um, uh, Lisa Snowden um, on Instagram was like, I've just done my first world swim. I'm obsessed. And I was like, God, since Kat started, everyone's copying her. <laughs> um, yeah. I just keep copying, copying up everywhere. Um, I think there's tons of people do it. I mean, it was so nice this morning, though, because literally we were the only two people there. Um, really? Yeah. So we had the whole place. We just swam around and just. Oh, God. So um, beautiful there, isn't it? Yeah, so I go with um, uh, my friend Mills, um, and we just had a you know really nice um, swim around. So it's really it's really good actually. It's really and I came back and I was like, "Good morning, everybody!" You know, like oh. really happy, um, really kind of. And then I know what's going to happen later. I actually I'm going on a date with my husband this afternoon, which is uh, rare. <laughs> where are you going? We're going to a place near where I live, Applegarth. Have you been? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed with the mushrooms. I've turned it into a date because I need to go back and have another plate. <laughs> uh, uh, it's lovely there. Yeah, no, so, the, yeah, I'm getting out and about. I know, I know we had the new announcements and everything. Um, obviously, it affects some businesses, but actually, it doesn't really, really feel like it's going to be that different personally for me because um, that's kind of how I'm living really at the moment, you know, seeing people... Mm. That way, school stuff, you know, obviously not being able to go to shows and stuff. But actually, I guess, really, do I really want to go to one right now? I'm not really sure still. Um, but, yeah, you know, 
I feel I, I do feel like we're not doing too badly I guess with socializing and stuff I don't know do you no I mean uh it's definitely more relaxed than it was and I saw a few friends at the weekend and um at a barbecue um and the feeling was I've tended to not want to do things but now I'm like you've got to do things because who knows now no one ever saw this coming so you know when's the next time that they say actually there's something else here now so I'm trying to embrace all the opportunities I get to actually do what we are able to do at the moment and um get out and see people and 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 do little things although it goes against my overthinking brain everything I do is wrong everything I say is wrong kind of instinct but um I am trying to get out and about and, and and do things and get out of my comfort zone because I don't know I just it's good it's good for it's good for everyone really isn't it um it is and I mean you know you can see a lot of people outside can't you and then you are allowed people to stay now I mean I you know you still what you can still see up to thirty people outside, can't you? So that's a lot. Yeah, I don't ever see thirty people outside. You know? I don't know thirty people because <laughs> yeah, I was just like four is kind of alright, isn't it? That's kind of enough. <laughs> like, no, it's great. It's great. I'd be like, it's, I haven't uh, seen you for five years. Would you like to come and stand outside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I quite like kind of. It's all right, but I do understand that it's hard for people who haven't been able to open their business properly. That is the hard part of it. Yeah, that is really sad. And I feel sad for people who wanted to get married and people who run those businesses. And, you know, I was reading statistics. My friend runs a catering company and all the all the planning, all the wastage, all the plants that were planted, all the flowers, all the trees, all the people who work in those industries, um, all the food that's been wasted, all the planning that's gone into working towards this industry where um, all of these things should have happened this year, um, didn't happen last year. And then everything was geared back up to happen again this year. And um, I know it's... Uh, it is what it is, but it, it is something I hadn't really thought about. And I thought, God, that's really, that's really sad because these are all natural resources that then they sort of end up, a lot of it will end up going to waste if it's not used cleverly. I also, my husband obviously um, works in the travel industry and they were getting ready to, I don't know, well, they were getting ready for this summer to be a summer where things would start to pick up a bit and um, they're not. So um, I do feel sorry for people in the travel industry. And uh, something that really I thought was sad was when everyone got sent back from Portugal and they said the most heartbreaking thing was seeing how the Portuguese had, you know, got everything ready and were so excited for this year to suddenly have an industry again, relying so heavily on the Brits to be there. And they were like, sorry, bye, running out of there, you know, grabbing everything and saying, maybe see you next year. And um, it's sad. It's, It's really sad. Because outside of those those uh, resorts and places like that, it, you know, Portugal is somewhere that will struggle really badly without without that input. So it's just kind of all the behind the scenes stuff. I think is really sad. It's it's sadder still that people are ill and dying, obviously, but it's a shame that it is ever happened in the first place and it's affecting everything and everyone so badly. Yeah. But I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to be positive and say it's it's good that you know we can do little and we can get outside and the weather is nice finally yeah yeah I was um speaking to my sister actually she's got a teenage daughter who's just done her GCSEs um she's allowed to go to her prom uh, she goes to a girls school so it's a bit weird because it's a prom just full of girls <laughs> but, um, like so they've got that next week you know um she's she's struggled a little bit in there she's 15 now you know she couldn't see her friends at the beginning and 
this summer she was planning to get a job, but she can't really get a job because nobody's hiring teens really now because it's it's all restricted, isn't it, and stuff. And I think on top of that, then it's the worry about the press kind of saying about, you know, it's the young people who are getting it more, you know, and they're just getting blamed for you know, everything. And I felt really sorry, actually, when I was talking to them last week. Um, and I think sometimes we forget about the young people and the impact. We kind of always think that we're protecting them, but uh, but we're not always having the conversation with them. And um, that's sort of part of our topic today, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and, and it's it's it ties in really well because today we're joined by Lisa Nugent. Um, Lisa is a well-being coach for women and young people. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> I loved all that chat. I was, I was just like completely mesmerized with the, with that chat. So uh, it's lovely <laughs> to see you both. Oh, thank you for joining us. It's um, it's so interesting to meet someone who is in that field that you're in. When um, when all of this first began, it was like this is going to be uh, something which is so unique that at the first it was a, a crisis of physical health, and the fallout is a crisis of mental health people needing guidance and you know fear setting in and people not knowing what and how to do with their lives or and what Kat says is so relevant I mean these kids have had such a crazy year so what's your take on it? Well I mean it, it, it is I mean our, our young people have, have been amazingly resilient um, right. and I am just in awe of, of these young people because they've experienced something that we've never experienced before. And we've had um, we've had year groups that have just, you know, last year, they kind of went to school one day, the next, mm. their end of the school career. You know, they were sitting their A-levels and it was all kind of in turmoil, but they never got to say goodbye. They didn't complete that circle. Uh, same with the GCSEs and, you know, what was going to happen with universities and, uh, you know, all of that on top of what what we were experiencing, uh, you know, with, with lockdown, not, you know, y- young people need socialization, uh, you know, that's how mm. they develop. Um, and, you know, we, we, we took them away from that. Um, so, you know, and then, you know, even this year now, the whole A-level, GCSE level, I, I know Kat, you were saying about your uh, your niece. Um, yeah. It's just been, some schools are doing one thing and other schools doing another thing. They're then comparing of these young people. They don't know whether, you know, if they're going off to university, whether they're going to be back in university life and um, and they've got to try and manage all of these kind of thoughts and you're absolutely right we hear so much bad press about young people but young people are amazing you know they're just full of possibilities they're funny they you know they'll take challenges so you know let's look at that Um, and and these it's the young people that are going to carry us forward Um, and you know that's where I I feel so we need to give them as much support as possible now Um, you know as we start opening up um, it's not job done it's not oh everything's okay going back to normal we've got a lot of catching up to do mentally you know for the mental well-being of our young people yeah yeah I completely agree even in our house um, my my son is only he's nearly 13 so he doesn't my niece is 17 and uh, 19 and their take on it is completely different I mean one of them was supposed to have a year in Australia, didn't go. Now she's going straight into uni where uh, she's going to be um, not sure if she's going to be, you know, sort of locked in a room doing yeah. um, doing lectures online or whether she'll be allowed to, to socialise. It's all so uncertain. Whereas my son, Wilf, is, a, is the 
sat there kind of on his computer and missed almost his whole first year of secondary school. Sure. And then we had this, this phase where he didn't really want to go back because he was like, I just don't feel like I know anyone. Also coinciding with that time where he's become really self-conscious and teenagery. And, and I was like, oh, you'll be okay. But actually it's been really tough on him. And I think I underestimated that I don't know when we were talking about this, but I think it was with you, Kat, that they are, this is the time when they're forming their own bonds. They're not purposely sitting in a room on a computer to avoid you, but it's their time for them to find their own tribe. And he's missed a big chunk of that, a big chunk of being independent. You know, he gets the train to school now. He's grown like a whole foot in a year and it's his time to be his own man. And that's sort of been taken away although it doesn't sound like a big deal in the greater scheme of things, it's interesting when I think of myself and how much I loved my first year at secondary school. I think, God, actually, yeah, it must be really nerve wracking to go, right, you've got to, you can come back now. And uh, when he got back to school, I spoke to his headmistress the other day. She said, I, I literally didn't recognize him. He's been like, he's been sitting in a bag of compost online and he's just huge. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the anxiety in him has been massive, and I really underestimated that. I just felt. Like also, was- remember they haven't been able to do anything as well. So you know, when when they're interacting socially, they're they're normally able to talk about things that they've done. You know, even the sports relationships that start forming. Um, but we've just gone into this void of nothingness. So when when they do go back they are becoming socially awkward because what do they say? What do they discuss? Because they haven't got that kind of bank to go back onto. Um, And, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, that first year of um, senior school, they build up to it. You know, it starts kind of with year four, doesn't it? Year four, year five, year six, year seven. Um, And and then it just didn't happen. Um, So, um, you know, I, I think that they have been resilient. I think they've managed to manage as best they can the online schooling, the forming the relationships. And, you know, we, we really need to give them credit for that. But we need, as I keep saying, we do need to give them support. And it's not just support of, you know, a lesson once a week on, you know, how are we feeling? It, it's really giving them life skills to kind of address how they're feeling, looking at skills to help them get out there now to feel less as socially awkward, to feel more confident um and and develop you know they've, they've developed a real kindness for each other I, I really see a lot of compassion coming through so to carry that forward with them as, as they go into school I think um it's also such a different landscape for them as well because a lot of what parents do is go well you know when I was younger I would never have been that rude to my mom or whatever and I you know I'm guilty of saying that occasionally but the fact is is that it, it's so different now because they hear different language um, through all these sort of social media tools, you know, they're on a game, you know, that's another language, you know, so whereas we kind of try to do like parent comparison to our own childhood, there really isn't comparison. So um, I think in lockdown, it was very hard for everybody in the house to understand what level everybody's on because, you know, people are on different, you know, there's some mums who are going through like perimenopause menopause yeah. at the same time your teenagers going through their version of menopause you know like um uh, you know you've got all of these different things going on and it was so intense that you know parents you know beat themselves up for not understanding it when they're you know they want to learn more so it's kind of teaching us all isn't it to understand each other a little bit better because yeah 
you know, we think we're being, people think we're being, being really miserable if we're going through something. We think they're being really miserable and it's just taking the time to sort of just understand it, which I've luckily enough with this job met so many lovely experts to understand and how to manage things. But, you know, we don't get enough support actually in how to understand each other. So it can be quite, it has been quite hard, hasn't it, last year? It has, and also quite scary. You know, um, again, with the young people, um, never before have they had, kind of our adults that we say we actually don't know what's going to happen our our government did not know what was going to happen with with, with the virus um so we were learning as we were going along you know we went into lockdown then we came out of lockdown went, realized that didn't work we went back and this is very scary for young people because what they do like is they like consistency you know they like to know where, where where things are and that was taken away and the same with us as parents you know we were having to adapt our parenting skills um, to a complete, you know, different environment. We were teachers, we were mentors, we were their friends. We were having to think of different um, activities to do with them in the confines of like our home, um, you know, and, you know, we did, we managed. I mean, you know, there was a whole lot of quizzes going on and you know, murder mysteries and there was, you know, there was lots of uh, different things, but it, it was hard trying to keep thinking of what's what's the next thing we can do because we're stuck indoors um and and i think you're absolutely right we're so hard on ourselves you know we're so critical um and, and we need a little bit more kindness to ourselves not only to others yeah i think um so kind of how did you get kind of get into this what what's your journey you know how, what, how, where did you start have you always done this or did you do something else first i tell you if you had a tracker on me you wouldn't know where i was going um <laughs> So um, I um, I was born in England, and then when I, at the age of ten, uh, my parents um, moved us all over to South Africa. Um, so moved to South Africa, and within South Africa, we then moved from King Williamstown to Port Elizabeth, Cape Town. So there was a lot of movement. So for me, as a, as a child, I had to really adapt to, to different schools because I was moved around um, a lot. And then in my early twenties, I came back into um, after university, I came back into uh, England, where um, I went um, on a completely different track. So I was in the financial world. So worked in, in the city and uh, became a manager of, of one of the banks. And uh, I just loved helping and mentoring people within the organization. Um, and that's kind of what I got my buzz at, not counting the money or anything like that. It was the it was helping people. Um, I then met my then husband and we set up a software company um, which um, we managed to get into different countries around the world. And again, it was I was fascinated with the people we were bringing in um, and helping them on their journey. Um, I loved bringing in um, moms into the business um, because they were a mine of information and they'd you know, kind of stopped their careers because you know, there was no flexibility. So um, we had very flexible working times so you could come in at after school drop-off, be there back for um, school pickup. Um, some would just work kind of part time, but we were very adaptable, and we got this amazing group of uh, of women working for us that were just um, had all this information uh, that we were able to provide our business, uh, but at the same time they they had their own outlet. So I love that kind of looking at how we could we could help people there. Um, then um, I got breast cancer. And so my husband and I had split up. I got breast cancer and I wanted to make that kind of 
a, a more positive journey. So I started studying uh, mental health and coaching. And at that point, I kind of really found my passion. I just loved working with people. Um, and it's just grown from there, really. Um, so I work with young people from roughly the age of six, right up past university. Um, and I, I work with moms and women um, making sure that they look at putting their own oxygen mask on um, in order to help themselves, but to help others. Um, and I love that analogy of the plane, you know, the, what, the thing that we used to go on all those months ago, <laughs> where the, um, the oxygen mask comes down. You have to put it on first before you help everyone else. And I still hear it all the time. No, 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 help my child first and then uh, you can help me. But it's, it's a journey together. So that's kind of, as I say, the tracker is quite all over the place. But it's so interesting, actually. And I, you know, and I, I've spoken to you about it before when you kind of got diagnosed with breast cancer. That's the point that really sort of changed it for you, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I think it's quite common to hear, isn't it? Um, it, it I think it is. You, you face your own mortality, um, but also you just realise the important things in life. And, it, you know, I know it's said a lot, but it, it is. I remember myself, um, I was in the hospital and I could hear noises outside um at uh, the, the hospital just everyday noises and you just think actually I just want to be that person that can just put my washing on take my children to school yeah. um you know and it really really makes you realize that's the important thing um you know it's actually those mundane things that become at times you know you say oh I'm just gonna have five minutes but actually when it's potentially taken away from you you think gosh that's mm -hmm. so valuable yeah. yeah I think also in the job that you do now you kind of try to help people before they get woken up by something like that you know that's the idea 100, that's 100 that's where coaching is it's it's the intervention before this all happens um you know it's it, with coaching you don't necessarily have to have a a, a a big problem um it's just that you want to look after yourself that self-care and have that time to devote to yourself and and also pass that on to your children because uh you know as as, as parents uh, we don't really realize our narrative you know i'm too busy to um uh, sit down for a cup of tea i'm too busy to read the book and i hear it as when i'm especially when i'm coaching young people and you'll give them exercises they, they come back and you can hear where it's coming from no i'm too busy to do that or you know i haven't got the time for that um because we learn you know we learn from our parents and you know they feel that that's right if they're too busy to do anything then they're doing well and actually what we want to do is change that narrative where you know i am busy so i'm going to take the time to look after myself um, I am feeling stressed, so it is now time for me to uh, spend some time on myself. Mm -hmm. so. I think I've been quite shocked over this last year, actually. What you say really resonates with me because they've been around so much and then suddenly, <laughs> I'm not going to say my standards slip, but I... <laughs> I think, um, but they clearly did. Like, <laughs> but my standards did slip. Um, <laughs> Stuff like swearing and things. And I was like, oh my God, I I just, I was like, when am I going to get to swear if they're always here? <laughs> so I started to swear a bit. And then I was like, I would never have sworn in front of them a year ago. And then I was like, this is really bad. So I kind of tried to check myself on that. But it was only when they started, it, Maggie really, who's my younger, Lisa, you know, because you've worked with Maggie before, which was amazing when she was having trouble sleeping and um, trouble at school. But she um started to go on play dates again very recently and 
sometimes the mums would say, you know, or funny things she'd said. And when they would repeat, <laughs> I'd be like, that's me. That's what I, and I'd be like, oh, that's hilarious. I wonder where she got that from. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Every, I mean, verbatim, every word. And like, just as a, a, a silly example, like, um, Seaspiracy, which Cat watched Seaspiracy about us robbing the oceans of, you know, overfishing and all that kind of stuff. I watched Seaspiracy. Maggie didn't even watch it because I knew she would go crazy um, and get really upset about it. But I told her all about it. Anyway, then her friends, parents were like, oh, my God, I didn't realise Maggie doesn't agree with, um, you know, eating anything from the sea. And uh, she told me how many dolphins die in order to. And I was like, oh, my God, I was I was like, what? This is all for me. And then I thought, first of all, I've probably traumatised her completely inadvertently by talking about like the murder of the sea. I just didn't realize exactly how much, even if it was indirectly, I wasn't even having a conversation with her. They listen to everything. They mimic everything. Yeah. They take, you know, your worries are their worries, that kind of stuff. It, it, it's the last few weeks. I've, I've, it's really come into sharp focus. I kind of always knew it was true. And it's that old thing of, I don't want to grow up and be like my parents in this way, that way, whatever people say, but they really are on our tail aren't they they are following up right behind us and how wonderful though in a way when we know that that we can start now um giving them that message uh right now about looking after our mental health looking on because what we don't want to do is is that the word mental health becomes kind of white noise so you know what what does that mean and by by leading by that example and getting our young people to turn around and say actually no I need time now I need to look after myself I need to go and speak to somebody I need to solve this problem I'm overthinking because that's what they're you know they're hearing their parents saying when they feel that way they do something about it they take action um, mm. and we've got a great opportunity to be able to um, to do this with our young people um, mm. and I think that's going to be the greatest way forward you know in in, in the next couple of years after what they've been through. Um, you know, and explaining that you feel stressed as well. And yes, you know, you don't like the uncertainty and that's okay. Mm. Do I you think it's possible? Sorry, Kat, go ahead. Oh, I was thinking about like going back to like 12, 13, we're, we're starting to get, you know, their independence, like Liberty was saying earlier, that, you know, they want to break away from us and have their own thing. And we are becoming the embarrassing parents now, you know, like... Yeah. He's no longer impressed. It's, fun. Like, it's really know. fun. <laughs> and they're like, what is this thing? You know, like everything is like, oh God, stop doing that. Yeah. And then I do it more to just really. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like I kind of get it now. And it's interesting because we did have a guest on a few podcasts ago. And actually, I did a talk with her last night, Tanith Carey, who writes books also about children. And I think it's really important to us almost have these talks at school, actually, for parents, not just to hear about what they're learning all the time, but almost for parents where we are talking about um, just understanding why they're being rude when, they're, when we think they're being rude. But actually, they're not. That's just it's almost like another language. It's like, you know, just don't do that. I'm trying to get my independent, you know, like and it's almost because they don't really have a filter a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think, you know sort of learning I mean I'm learning that now but I mean I I think like most parents you get kind of offended by it and especially in lockdown where we were just together all the time you know like and it's just like god just stop being so rude to me I just gave you some dinner and they're like oh not this again you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, for goodness sake. um but at the same time it's like, 
okay but you know like well that's all there is (laughs) but it's just everything was um I think but but I know if I look at my own phone and this is where people I guess parents we have to be responsible like Liberty was saying she was getting mirrored we get mirrored as well and I I think my husband always says to me and Max you know like god you like two children together you know like because you never let go and he doesn't let go we go back (laughs) It's terrible sometimes. Uh, I've actually, since actually reading Tanis' book, I've got better and I'm I'm mindful of it. Yeah. So when he does come up with things now, I just take a moment not to react the way I used to because, you know, there's different personalities. But the truth being is, is that I'm probably more similar to Max than I like to admit sometimes. Yeah. You know. I think that happens a lot with it. And, you know, young people, the, the old, as they go through that process, you know, they, they are preparing themselves for them, them, them moving on. Um, and this is the only way that they can do it is, is kind of kind of gradually just moving away and stepping away. And it doesn't mean that they don't need you because, I mean, I'm a great believer, actually, that the older they get, the more they actually do need you. It's just you've just got to be there at the right time, uh, you know, to kind of grab that. Um, and I often hear people say, oh, well, when they go to senior school, you know, I can start doing a whole load of different things now because they don't need me as much. And I, I personally I don't believe that's true I believe that the time is probably shorter and we have to grab our moments but they need us more because they really are it's quite frightening for them moving out into that new zone um and that's why they're testing as well they're testing the boundaries you know they're pulling that elastic band see how far they can stretch it before you know they come back to that safe kind of um environment that they've grown up in that's so sad. I hate to hear like um, you've got to grab those moments, but it's so true. Yeah. Um, I w- my son plays tennis on a Saturday for school and um, I dropped him off on Saturday and it's exactly like you say, Kat, that kind of, mummy, stop doing that. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm just walking. I'm just walking down the street. <laughs> stop doing what? Mummy, stop. Park far away. Let me out here. Let me out here. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I... I said, I don't know what time you're finishing. And he said, well, um, I'll call you. Don't come and watch. And I was like, I'd really, I'd love to watch you though, Wilf. And we've just been allowed, invited back to watch them. I'd love to come and watch you. You can't. You can come and watch if other people are there, but I don't want you to be the only mum there. And I was like, okay. So I waited in the car and I, and I looked on my phone where he was and I could see he was just over the wall from me. So I crept along and I looked around and um, there were loads of other parents there. So I was like, okay. And I went and I sat on a bank far away. I didn't go near the court. And then I crept a little bit closer and then I saw him see me and he was a broad smile waving. Hi, mommy. He came over and he gave me a little hug. And I was like, this is the opposite to the verbal. The physical reaction is completely opposite to his verbal before. He, he wanted me to just like go to Scotland or something when we were in the car. That's the message I was getting. But actually, when I turned up, I was like, God, this is the most confusing thing in the world. And his teacher said, you know, you can actually come on the court. I was like, oh, um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but. Um, the thing you say about, you know, you've got to grab those moments. It's it's so true. And they say they don't need you, but they really, they kind of do want you, don't they? I love that story because when what I'm hearing from that story is um, he, he wanted you there and you showed how much you cared. So you you listened to what he wanted. You know, you, you kind of had that conversation and then you just, you could have gone away and just left him. And you yeah. didn't, you kind of, you really wanted to see him and you crept over, you respected what he said. And then that beaming face 
Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 but he did. He wanted you there. He just didn't want everyone else's mom, parents not to be there and you were the only one there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 it is. And it's about listening to those tiny little clues that they give. And sometimes they're really tiny. Uh, yeah. You know, to try and get that message. But what a lovely story. I mean, oh. <laughs> thank you. I did think I did think I nearly didn't come out here, but I was so desperate to see yeah. him finally. But yeah, it just it. They're so confusing. They are so confusing. But then when you said that, you know, you've got to grab these moments. It's so true. I, I think so it is. It's standing yeah. back at sometimes because it, it does. I mean, my, my, my children are a lot older. So mine are um, 19, 18 and um, 16. So, you know, it really does happen in the blink of an eye. Um, so, it's, you know, it is important that just to stand back every now and then and just absorb it because they are they're so special and you know I, I believe it's a real privilege to be a mom um you know it's a privilege that you know I have and to watch these young people grow um and and and, and go out into the world is, is is amazing so I don't think you'll ever forget that I think that because what you have you you've not only experienced it you've you've recapped it um and that helps kind of store that memory um and I think that's lovely Oh, thank you. <laughs> help us understand a little bit, though, the people that you're coaching at the moment, the children that you're coaching teens-wise, what are they struggling with the most? Um, so confidence is, is always a big one, uh, or lack of confidence, lack of self-belief, um, not being able to kind of um, look at their own moral compass. So having that time to sit back and say, okay, well, what is important to you? And then giving them the tools to be able to, when they do feel unhappy, when they do feel anxious, when they are quite um, isolated from certain friends, they're able to go back to that moral compass and understand a little bit more why, because it doesn't fit in with 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 who they are and what their beliefs are. So giving them that. Um, a lot of older teens are really struggling with, the exam set up um, and the impact that that's going to have on them. Um, I, I'm getting a lot more wanting to take gap years um, now because they just don't feel that university is going to be the same experience. But yet, if they have a gap year, what are they going to do? So I'm, I'm working a lot with, you know, helping them plan. And they've got the answers. You know, I'm not there to tell them what to do. It's, it's just kind of exploring different avenues um, and from you, you know younger children um, the friendship is a big one uh, more than it ever ever was before I mean friendship's always been a, a big issue but um, I'm finding a lot more now um, really struggling with forming friendships keeping friendships they feel that they're the ones that they're not interesting or they've got nothing to say or um, you know all, all of those kind of things are kind of bubbling up so that's kind of reflecting on their friendships um, so, yes, yeah, so a lot of anxiety as well. Um, anxiety that they actually don't know what's causing it. They just feel quite fearful. Um, I think social media causes a lot of it, though, you know, because they're seeing I think it's taken away a bit of compassion and empathy in some of their friendship groups because they're seeing how, you know, maybe particularly for girls in terms of, you know, going on TikTok or something TikTok. and seeing how people dress. The, the language is slightly different for them, um, you know, and I think, you know, when we were younger and you had friendship fallouts, you didn't have the distraction of all of these kind of social medias. There, there wasn't a way out. You couldn't get bullied 
other than to your face or you know throwing yeah. in a dumpster yeah. or something but now you can do you know you can do cowardly bullying and um which is what I think it is to be honest yeah. where people can just go on something you can be cut off groups on you know I don't know whatever they're talking on you know snapchat yeah. whatever this that, and the other yeah. And it's just played a really horrible role in terms of when people are controlling, you know, they're using these medias to control friendships and whatever, you know, they may have issues. Absolutely. But it's coming out so badly for, for kids, I think. I think it is. It's that it's a kind of 24 hour um, kind of friendships also, you know, it's like if you don't respond or if you happen to look at um, a text and you left them on read because you just had to go out the door and you know it's the impact of that it's it's as you say TikTok is you know it's constantly um how you look how you feel if you post a picture how many likes do you have and then you compare it to the, the friend well she got 28 likes and I only got 14 likes well that that must mean um that picture wasn't good um that, you know, that gives you just so much anxiety doesn't it yeah those kids they're just like so anxious that they're not popular enough on there or something and that yeah and it used to be for us was at school or on the school yes. bus or something, whereas now they've got real life to contend with and then this kind of virtual setup going on, which is quite difficult for them. So all of these multifaceted things are coming through and I don't think they can program it all in enough. We, you know, we can't keep up with it. They certainly can't keep up with it. And I think the thing is with parents, you know, we're all Facebook generation and that's deemed quite old fashioned now, you know, yeah. like they're on these other things that you just, and they've got multiple accounts because they're trying to please lots of different people. And therefore, d multiple masks, you know, yeah. a group, you know, that they're on. And, you know, the other thing that uh, is really worrying is is when we're talking to people, you, t you obviously will describe things more. Your body language is, 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 is out for everyone to see. So therefore, if you say something, you look and think, oh, well, she, no, she didn't mean that in that way. But when you see it on a text, a one liner um, mm -hmm. and you think, oh, gosh, you know um they're really angry with me and they then will carry that you know i've upset her and and, and or have upset him and they're not they're not using that kind of platform in, in the correct way because that's creating then the anxiety of what you say and how you say it where when as i say when we're together it's a lot easier to see body language or it's a lot easier to call up on someone, you know, why, what do you mean by that? Uh, but on, you know, the, the, these different platforms, you don't, you just internalize it. And then that internalization grows. Um, then you start overthinking and it just manifests into one kind of anxiety ball. Mm. Yeah. So um, we, we, I mean, we can't stop them using it. It's their, it's their world. But what we can do is give them skills to understand uh, what they're seeing, understand even the way they text, you know, uh, before they text, you know, especially if they're angry. Think about it before you take text back. Uh, leave it for half an hour, um, then go back. And, you know, are you happy to send that text? Nine times out of 10, you're not, because it's that heat of the moment. So it's giving them these skills that probably we only did used when we were older now we need to give it a lot younger, um, and I th and I think it's really important. And and actually, controlling you know social media for them as well. You know, don't let them have it twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it and but not just saying you you can't go on TikTok. Explain why. Explain how the brain operates. You know, after say forty five minutes, you know, all of a sudden that becomes absorbed into to the way you're thinking. If you break before then. 
you can take it for what it is because you're you're clearer thinking yeah I mean it's so much to sort of think about it and I think in terms of parents we've got to learn to keep up with it and uh, sometimes you know it's difficult and we're like turn a blind like, even with gaming and stuff it's you know you go I don't really like that game I'm not going to look at it and then they're on it for hours and then you're like but but actually interesting enough my son was like could you come in and have a look I want you to see what this is about kind of yeah. thing he's like yes I'll come and see what's making you really rude and turning your face red you know it was that kind of like I had that attitude to start with but actually now it's got a bit better but it is interesting and as I think as a parent you know we've got to educate ourselves in what they're looking at um, rather than kind of just letting them go off and do it because we can't really come back and have a go at them if we don't even know what it is that, that they're doing because we, we you know if it was a real life thing and they were going off and doing something I don't know you know not virtual we'd want to know yeah. what that was we were all over it aren't we. But, yeah. yeah, and I think you're absolutely right there, Kat. I think you've you've summed that up. Is is actually, you know, sit down and play the game with, with with your children, so that you can actually really understand what's what's there and let them share what they're they're seeing. Um, you know, I I would be on all these platforms as well. I you know TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, so that you can see it as well. Um, and 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 then you can talk from experience. And the more you have that, you know, you can have then the the, the correct dialogue with the child. Right? rather than, oh, well, you don't really know what it means. Um, and, you know, in TikTok, there's, so, there's, there's positive TikToks. Um, and, you know, encouraging them to, you know, if they want to go onto TikTok, to, you know, to really pick what they're watching. Um, I want it to look at dogs. <laughs> Yeah, and dogs, dogs, and cat uh, cat videos are hilarious, you know, and they make you laugh. And then just saying to them, well, why why do you go on to to watch the dogs? You know, what is it about it? So you can share that with your child. You know, it makes me laugh. You know, it it just makes me feel good. Um, so really, kind of looking at the important things that it's making you feel, um, and rather than you know, what does does that make you feel good? Yeah. When you come off that, do you do you feel kind of like I'm still laughing and carrying on about, uh, you know, a dog trying to um, do something funny in the swimming pool? No. Well, if you don't, if then then stop it if it doesn't make you feel good. Mm-hmm. We went up to see Granny and all the cousins and everyone were there. This is just an aside, but it really made me laugh. And um, my nieces were there, and the 17 year old, her her dad came over and he said, um, she's on her phone constantly I mean she's on her phone at night and she lives between her mum's house and her dad's house and they were both there and and um granny said well James and Liberty's kids aren't allowed their phones in their rooms and um Sophie my niece obviously 17 and she was like I'm 17 you can't stop me having my phone in my room and um granny said you know grandpa's mum was 17 when she had grandpa and Sophie goes I bet she didn't have to keep her phone charged downstairs (laughs) (laughs) this is like a hundred years ago oh my god she was getting so stressed out about it but I was like see how they've changed 17 year olds were having kids like 85 years ago and now (laughs) something else (laughs) but but yeah it is, isn't it? The, 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 our worlds are so different. I think this generation of parents, uh, you know, we're, we're parenting with such little information compared to our own parents because their world, our, our children's world moves so rapidly. We just think we actually understand 
what that kind of aspect and they're already two steps ahead and um, so yeah. you know that's why I do think it's important for us to you know make sure that we go onto these platforms understand them research and spend the time to understand them so we can have those kind of you know conversations uh, with them um, and make them laugh as well I mean you know Teens do find that the fact that we're quite funny, you know, we try to go on TikTok and, um, you know, Snapchat and, you know, but they can share their expertise as well. And that kind of helps build their confidence. Yeah, I think, you know, we've also got a responsibility, you know, with, you know, I've got a son and a daughter, um, you know, the Internet isn't policed, um, you know, boys see things that we don't want them to see. That's very difficult because they see... Yeah. Um, certain things that that's not the way women should be treated we've got yeah. a lot to you know teach them in that respect because it's such an open space and it's that, that part is I think quite frightening actually um, mm. and I do think it kind of needs to be talked about um, with with the children as well and those are the things we're so British we don't really like talking about those kind of things you know I, I don't I'm the biggest prude out but yeah. I, but I would say that you know on kind of reading a few articles lately you've got to uh manage all of that as well you know because you do want your and that goes for boys and girls yeah. you know they're growing up quickly and we like you even just going back to your granny kind of thing you know she having whatever you know child at 17 but it's different now because so much availability on the internet you know boys are sort of almost being groomed because they're the people who pull out their credit cards eventually that's what yeah. they're do to them you know and that's why it's the biggest industry that we've got to be so careful of um mm. but that's again for us to give the right message about how boys should see girls and girls should see boys yeah and, and that's where I come back to you know uh, where you know you tend to feel because they're getting older that um I hear a lot that, well they don't need as, mu as much but mm. they, they they do and it's you know it, it is all that research it's making sure that we're, we're having those conversations at the right time uh with our with our children because they are seeing things um that they shouldn't be seeing and uh, they are being given messages that are not the correct messages and it's important for us to be able to be there to be able to have that open dialogue and, and talk to them so that they actually can they can voice their own concerns and and, and we can talk about what is the right message what is the, the 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 kind of what is their moral compass and how does that fit in with that um but it is i i, I do feel so sorry for our young people with everything that they're being bombarded at um so we need to give them the skills to be able to sift through that and say okay well you know that's not for me and have the strength to turn around and say no that isn't for me that doesn't fit with who i am that's not what i believe it does not make me feel good i'm happy to move away from that and that's hard especially the young person to have that strength to move away but that's what we should be celebrating you know it, we're coming to the end of the year now and you've got the whole prize giving um found um prize giving aspect and very rarely do we celebrate young people's you know kindness young people's um you know inner strength that's that's those should be the awards that everybody seeks yeah. Um, you know, it, that, that's what we should be. They should be held in such high esteem that we we, we aim for that. Um, and you know, that would be a great message for our young people. Yeah, no, that's that is a really good point, actually. And it is so forgotten, I think, when they get a little bit older. Um, yeah. And in a world where it's all about teaching and testing, you know, um, we do need to bring an element of that hum you know humanity into it, don't we? Which is yeah, really what it's like to kind of live so to bring back and have less mental health issues um, uh, and just kind of 
showing them the tools of living really um, I think I think as moms as well you know you're 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 all doing an amazing job we're all trying to, to kind of find our way as well um, and just even these conversations, you know, I'm having them more and more, uh, you know, people aren't just shutting down and saying, oh, what will be will be. We're all trying to help. We're, tr we're trying to provide the best environment for our young people. So I think mums really need to give themselves a break as well and pat themselves on the back and, and know that, you know, we're doing the best we can. Um, and if you do it with kindness and love, you know, that's the important thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a lovely message. Um because mm. mums you're right mums don't hear it enough yeah um, so just to turn it around onto you a bit now we always end this with like a really kind of try to end this with a nice kind of uh, question about you um liberty do you want to go for it <laughs> <laughs> um lisa uh, we're putting you on the spot now but if you were um on a desert island what do you think would be your three main things you would want to have with you Three essentials could be anything. Um, well, I, I obviously couldn't take my, my three children, but I, that's probably what. So, but um, I would want to take a journaling book. Um, I think a picture of my, my, my children. Um, and the third, a nice soft pillow. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's come up a couple of times actually. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> the last two times. I could just imagine myself lying there on the beach with a pillow and journaling. Um, so, so oh, yeah, that's nice. So yeah, good answers. We've had yeah. um, what was the other pillow we had? The first one was the screaming for screaming into. Oh, screaming <laughs> in. I didn't think of that one. <laughs> Um, I wonder what that means. I'm going to look that up now and see what the, what the meaning is yeah. behind taking a pillow with Hello, you. Hello, yeah. Yeah. And, and who inspires you, Lisa? Who would you say has been your biggest inspiration? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of people that inspire me. Um, I, I, I often quote Mother Teresa um, as someone that I felt inspired by her, that absolute kindness and mm -hmm. just the way she just, she really lived in every every essence of her life was about helping people. Um, so um, I, I probably would say her as, as one person, but there's lots of people. There's lots of people out there that, you know, are, are doing the best that they can. And, you know, I look on um, the television a lot and, you know, Major Tom, you know, there's so many people out there that um, they just sit back and say, right, I want to do something for the good of others and they, they're they're the people that inspire me um i think yeah oh that's really nice um lisa thank you so much for coming on today it's been really nice to chat to you thanks um, very much it's been great find you if they want to know more about what you do so i'm on obviously the social media platform so i'm on facebook so um uh, at Lisa Nugent Coach. Um, same with Instagram, Lisa underscore at Nugent Coach. Um, uh, those are my two main main areas. I've got my website, which is uh, lisanugentcoach.co.uk. Um, I've tried to keep it easy because my brain can't handle all these different things. Um, but yes, I'd, I'd love to hear from people. Um, and uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be great to chat more. But it, I've loved, I've loved this one. I feel like I just want to carry on chatting. Oh, we could talk all day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really, really lovely. And um, if people 
are having a few issues, you've got to, you know, do get in touch with Lisa. Um, she's there to have a consultation with you and chat about what it is that you need. Absolutely. Yes, very You've been a fantastic guest today. Thank yeah, you thank very you. much. And all go out and have a wonderful day. Thank you so thank much. You. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.